Good evening, Dumb Nation. This is Breaking Truth. Don't take offense to Dumb Nation. It's the don't unfriend me's, the D-U-M's, the dumbs, the Dumb Nation. It's not an insult. It's an honor to be a dummy. Breaking Truth, what is it about? Well, it's a shorter show than my full-time show, and we talk about the latest and greatest news and all that stuff going on, and how can we not talk about debt forgiveness, which also means take money out of my pocket and put it in yours because you can't make effective decisions. Coming up right after this on an all-new Breaking Truth. Thanks for watching Breaking Truth, and please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and follow. Yes, and please don't forget, just not on TikTok because you can't find me there anymore. Hello, everybody. Who am I? My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. I also have two co-hosts, Amy and Leroy, who are on at 8.30 Live. Please do me a favor. Go over there and say hello. I realize I'm going to have to change this graphic. At Don't Unfriend Me Show. Follow me everywhere but TikTok. I'm going to rub this in. It's salt in the wound, folks. Let's get to breaking truth tonight. I think you'll enjoy what we've created you can't boil the ocean and the saying simply means that the ocean is too big to do something so gargantuan you need to take smaller portions to make it work the economy is the same way you can manipulate it all you want but in the end the sheer force of her will wins out in the end broad sweeping changes are just as detrimental as minute ones inaction is just as damaging as some action it takes patience and urgency at once. Confused? I know. Something Biden doesn't and cannot afford to do is take time. And that's the problem. Because the main issue is you can't empty the ocean by turning on one faucet, turning the other off, and turning the other one on again. And you can't stem inflation by printing more money against money that never existed in the first place. I went to college for a brief stint. I went through the uh, Army College, Army Navy College Fund, or whatever it was called. I had to pay my bills that I owed after it. It didn't cover everything. And do I want a reimbursement for it? No, for the same reason that when I bought a Plymouth Breeze for almost $12,000, I wish I never did, and I lost a ton of money on it. I didn't ask for anyone to bail me out there. When I left the military and I didn't have a pot to piss in, and I had to go ahead and use credit cards to go ahead and get furniture, a TV set, new clothes, all of those type of things, like a lot of transitioning military do. I never asked for any help from anyone. During COVID, when I lost my job and I was in the middle of one of the worst hiring freezes ever, I didn't ask for any help from anyone and I didn't take any from the government. I don't believe in that. It doesn't mean that I have too much pride. It just means that I won't until there are no other options. And there were other options for me. And more importantly, there are other options for you. We're going to go over a few things tonight and talk about it. But first, I want to start off with a video, which will really sum this up nicely. Peter Ducey from Fox News. And yes, it is Fox. I will use clips from all over. Everyone who watches my show knows that. And also an interesting altercation between Elizabeth Warren. Yes, that Elizabeth Warren. Feathers. And a constituent found it extremely intriguing. Why don't you watch that with me right now? And then we will be right back with some commentary. 
just I just laid out I just laid out for you. No, Peter, I just laid out for you how we're seeing this process. This is the White House press secretary, and obviously she's extremely frustrated. Why? Well, because Peter's asking questions. You notice how I didn't say questions. All he wants to know is who's going to pay for this. This was about four minutes of just literally fallacy comments going around the long way around the barn and not answering him directly. And it would have been simple. You, you're going to pay for it because that's the truth. You are on average about $16 a month for the next 10 years for just about everybody who pays taxes. Not everyone in America because there's really only about 146 million taxpayers right now in the United States. Who are the rest? Well, a lot of them are people on welfare or don't work anymore, retired, or they're too young to work. But there is a large majority from both sides of the party that feed off the government and are going to continue to do so with this bill. Oh, did I say bill? I'm sorry. It's not even an executive order. It's just a broad, sweeping, unconstitutional want from Joe Biden. Wow, we saw his predecessor, Obama, do this with... uh, with uh, the Obamacare Act. But interesting, the Affordable Care Act actually was a piece of legislation, still unconstitutional, just like this. I just laid out, I just, I just laid out because of the work that we have done in the economy, because of the American Rescue Plan, uh, because American Rescue Plan, that that was eight days ago. So you saved $1.7 trillion towards the deficit in eight days. So the rest of it should be paid off, what, in 42 to 46 days, all 32 trillion of it? What a bunch of crap. Of uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. And because all of this work that this president has done is actually has brought down our deficit by 1.7. Actually, no, it hasn't brought down the deficit. You simply didn't spend that money because you were on lockdown for 17 months. Everything got smaller, small businesses. You didn't need as many police. Military stood down. Government entities stood down. The post office stood down. Everything literally stopped. And all that money that you were supposed to spend frivolously on pork barrel politics, you didn't. That's not saving. That's being forced into not being able to spend. And if you think that that shouldn't go to the $32 trillion in the deficit that we have right now in the national debt, well, that isn't considered by anybody. It's like thinking this. I have a credit card. Oh, it's maxed. I'm going to pay it off. Well, now I've got all that money back again, and I can go ahead and spend it and max out my credit card. That is what Democrats are doing, because this isn't going to cost the supposed $300 billion that the IRA Act will actually save Americans, because that remains to be seen, because this spends anywhere from 300 to $900 billion overall. It doesn't sound like a good exchange, does it? Unlike what Republicans did when they added to our deficit $2 trillion. That's actually not true. You can go ahead and assume that we also had a higher GNP and a higher growth rate. We were taking more money in. So yes, Trump was a very high spending deficit president, but he was also making more money than anyone in the most recent 20 years. So you can sit here and say, oh, well, he spent a lot. Yes, because he made a lot. The difference is, is we're not making a lot anymore because inflation is driving everything down and the valuation of the dollar is less than it's been. And the problem with that is everything costs more. Democrats live under this pipe dream that money grows on somewhere other than trees and certainly maybe in fantasy land with unicorns and poppies where men are women and women are men. But the reality is 
they don't create anything. They don't make anything. The only thing they do is tax the hell out of people. And the last time I checked, there's never been a nation all the way from the medieval days or Attila the Hun up until now that has taxed its people into prosperity. And did not care at all or thought about how this was going to be paid for. They did not actually put in a process or thought th think about how we're going to do this in a smart way. This is not how this administration is doing it. Again, we are happy to continue to have this conversation, but I'm going to move around. She doesn't sound happy to have this, con this continual conversation. And you don't get to call your own bill smart. That is for us to decide. And when the chips land, we will decide. And that $2 trillion you talked about, Republicans, you're right. It didn't stimulate growth immediately. It wound up taking almost two years. But it's interesting. We're going to talk a little bit about more about that in just a few seconds. This video is Elizabeth Warren and a constituent. Quite funny. And Elizabeth also finds it funny. Uh, I just want to ask one question. My daughter's getting out of school. I've saved all my money. She doesn't have any school this man is saying my daughter's out of school i've paid off all my loans and now with debt forgiveness this was back in 2020 am i going to get my money back and elizabeth warren's like of course not you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money and those of us that did the right thing get screwed of course we did my buddy had fun bought a car went on vacations i saved my money he made more than i did but I worked a double shift, worked extra. My daughter's work, she was 10. So you're laughing. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. We did the right thing and we get screwed. I appreciate it. I think every American is feeling that way in one way, form, or another. We talked about this ocean theory of turning one faucet off and then turning another on and expecting to empty the ocean. The simple truth is this is not paid for. This is just shifting one kind of borrowing to another. Biden's forgiveness plan fails to get at the root cause of why student borrowers wind up with such huge debt burdens in the first place. This is just a pinprick. It's like going through the generations who've went to college and simply saying, okay, these select few in this four-year window will be taken care of, four to eight-year window will be taken care of. Well, what about everyone from tomorrow? What about the everyone from today? And what about the everyone from yesterday? Well, obviously it doesn't matter. It's only these groups. And why? Well, because this is one of the largest groups ever to go to college. And they're also voters. And we also know they're young. And young people vote Democrat. In my opinion, almost anybody in the U.S. can find a college that will accept them and gain access to federally guaranteed loans nowadays. It's not like when I was in. It was all about academia. However, only one in three students who matriculate are going to graduate and get a well-paying professional job. This is an issue. Probably half the students who are borrowing money to attend college don't have any business academically being in college. As my father used to say, the world needs ditch diggers too. There's nothing wrong with being a ditch digger or a crane operator or an HVAC or a plumber or a mechanic. I know a lot of them and a lot of them are millionaires. To make matters worse, when it comes to forgiving student loans, the Brookings Institution has determined that 56% of the outstanding student debt is owed by households that hold graduate degrees. I would hope those households have a comfortable income, because if your degree costs you more money than you make, what incentive is that for me to pay your loans back? Let's take a look at how we got into this mess. 
President Lyndon Baines Johnson, yes, that famous racist, for the great society and for mishandling the Vietnam War and signing off on the Vietnam War, no one remembers that he also planted the seeds for today's student loan crisis by leading the government into taking massive steps into intervening in the financing of post-secondary education. As a part of LBJ's Great Society domestic agenda, Congress passed and the president signed the Higher Education Act of 1965, which established multiple grant and loan programs to make it easier for students to pay for college, including tuition. In 1986, two decades after the Higher Education Act was signed, the outstanding school loan balance for students and parents was a minuscule $10 million. However, 36 years later, the balance has reached the astronomical sum of $1.75 trillion. That growth rate is staggering. It's not sustainable. And what the heck happened? When President Johnson signed that bill, fewer than 10% of high school graduates went on to college. Those students tended to be the smart kids. College was rigorous. The unwritten rule was that college was for the top 10%, an IQ of 120 and above. Mediocre students who weren't up to the challenge flunked out, usually after one or two semesters. Then the demand, the good jobs, exceeded supply, college grads. And college was relatively cheap. Giving those parameters, the federal student loan system was working just fine. Fast forward to 2022, now everybody feels entitled to go to college. Parents, <clears throat> about 40% of high school graduates matriculate. Many of those attending college today are unremarkable academically. To accommodate these students, many college programs have been watered down. Supply far exceeds demand, and college is astronomically more expensive. Today, almost any high school graduate can find a college or university that will accept them and cheerfully cash their parents' checks. The government will loan money to almost any student who enrolls in college, regardless of their academic ability or their passion or the way that they get puppeteered by the media. The system doesn't work anymore, and many students who take out loans are going to be hard-pressed to pay them off because they aren't going to graduate and get a well-paying job. The system is truly broken, and I agree. Forgiving student loans is not going to fix the problem. And as we pat Joe Biden on the back and say, what a great president, all he really did was kick the can down the road. But this is Washington, D.C. They've been kicking the national debt for the last 50 years. For openers, access to four-year institutions should be merit-based, limited, to the academically qualified. The National Taxpayers Union's estimate of cost per taxpayer is based on data from the Penn Wharton budget model in regards to giving this free money, yours and mine, to this debt forgiveness. It found that the total cost of the proposal could be $329.1 billion over two years, up to $900 billion over 10 years. That's quite the spread. Based on $10,000 in forgiveness for borrowers with less than $125,000 in income, based on a total of under 158 million taxpayers in 2019, that works out to $2,085.59 per taxpayer, and that's just at the $300 billion mark. That's times three at the $900 billion mark, well over $6,000. 
per taxpayer. That's from the National Taxpayers Union. The Penn Wharton estimate is definitely going to increase based on the Pell Grant and income-based repayment features announced by Biden on Wednesday. And really, it's just shifting one kind of borrowing to another. Canceling student debt will boost near-term inflation more than the Inflation Reduction Act. Moreover, canceling student debt would also undermine the deficit reductions that are supposed to take place in that law recently passed by Democrats. Well, I guess we know where the 87,000 IRS agents are going to go and what they're going to be doing. Surprise, surprise. This is not paid for. This is just shifting that balance from their pocket out of mine. Biden's forgiveness plan fails to get at the root cause of why student borrowers wind up with huge debt burdens in the first place. This isn't about the $2 trillion trillion tax break from the Republicans in 2017. There is merit to show on both sides it was slow to get the immediate results it promised, but it did do its job. Or did everyone not notice the expiring tax law that made you pay more since when Obama was in office in April? Trump wasn't too bad. I got a refund for all four years. The truth is Biden is betting on this to bring out the voters, and Republicans should be doing one thing and one thing only, starting with McConnell. Now, I understand McConnell's playing chess. He made a video, and he talked about how the red wave may not be as big as we thought, and there are crucial states that don't have the candidate pool to truly be competitive. But he also made other comments, and he's trying to rally the party. He's asking for more money, and when he says that Republicans might not have a good shot, it's because they're getting outspent by Democrats, because, let's face it, Roe v. Wade drove a very big stake in the Republicans' funding and propelled Democrats up. It's fairly smart of McConnell, no matter what you think of him or like him, I happen to not like him. I think that this is probably a good idea. If we feel safe and rest on our laurels, we most assuredly will not take the Senate back and the House will be soon to follow. The reason why we want to talk about this one thing is Biden is still at one of the lowest favorabilities of any modern-day president in history, yes, even less than Trump. When political strategist James Carville said the following words, it's the economy, stupid, when he was talking about what voters care about truly. It should be modified and expanded to, it's inflation, stupid, and everyone knows it's Biden's doing. Biden is addressing the issues that inspire short-term loyalty, but the long-term pains for the middle class will still be here tomorrow, and in the end, you can't fix the economy with parlor tricks and uncontrolled spending, just like you can't cure cancer with a Band-Aid. Folks, thank you so much for watching Don't Unfriend Me. I appreciate it. I'm going to go out like I always do with the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It's way too many. They need your help. A simple phone call can make a difference. Post-traumatic stress, anxiety, depression, all very real. The Veteran Crisis Hotline can help. With one simple phone call, you can get that veteran the call that they need. If they can't make that call, you can reach out to me. I will help. I've done it for many veterans. If that doesn't work, you can leave the name and phone number of the veteran to VCL, and they'll call them back directly. It's free of charge. It'll never be reported to their duty station. And last but not least, if you're a civilian, It's 100% covered as well. They'll never turn anybody away. I don't get paid a dime. I was asked yesterday, do you get paid by VCL? You've been doing it for two years. You do that spiel. I haven't made a nickel. In fact, they have no idea who I am, and that's just the way I like it. I want veterans calling. I don't need anything. Folks, 
Thank you for watching Don't Unfriend Me. I do need one thing. Please follow me, like, and share over at Don't Unfriend Me Show, except for TikTok. You can pick up hats and shirts and coffee. Hats and shirts and coffee and all of that stuff over at don'tunfriendme.com. Click the shop if you like it. It helps keep the lights on. Thank you so much for watching. God bless, and I hope you enjoyed Breaking Truth. Good night. Thanks for watching Breaking Truth, and please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and follow.